millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, this is a quick message directed at the crazy wrestling fans. You know how sometimes you need to go look in a mirror when you're at your most nuts in order for you to go, oh yeah, I have gone out of control. This is you, that's right. This is what you look like when you are moaning about professional wrestling. Now, we all want to be thwomp. We all love thwomp. But can we be thwomp? No. Otherwise, hello, my name is Simon What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, we just had another episode of Monday Night Raw. And the name above the marquee no longer says sports entertainment. I do believe it's changed to professional wrestling. Let's up those doubts. Judgment Day were out to start Raw this week, and I have decided they should change their gimmick so they quite literally judge people. I imagine I was in the audience, they'd been like, look at you, you no-haired Mother Hubbard, and look, you wearing shorts, you have terrible calves. I think it would be fun. Rhea Ripley started here as well, and she went right after the Mysterios, saying that they now know who runs the show, and that she is Dominic's puppy. So we are going back in time, and we're having that massive nostalgia hit. And then she passed the fact of Finn Balor, and he was like, oh man, I'm the most evil man on the planet, and I also have some sad news, the Mysterios aren't here tonight. I was like, that is sad. Damien Priest soon jumped in, he was talking about his match with Edge next week, and he said, well, what aren't I gonna do to him, as if to insinuate that he was absolutely gonna kill him. And I was like, well, I know a few things you're not gonna do. You're probably not gonna cut his hair. I don't think you're gonna sit down and have some tea and crumpets, and I doubt you're gonna be playing some Super Nintendo. Neymar also went on to tell us that Edge wasn't here tonight either. I was like, how do you know? Have you talked to these people? No, because you hate each other. And if any one of them has rung you up and been all like, oh, I'm not gonna make it tonight, and you believe them, well, you're an absolute goober. Damien finished all this off by saying that he will do all of this next week without the help of his friends, so it is gonna be a one-on-one match. <laughs> I knew it, I got it right. Rey Mysterio appeared with a chair, and he started hitting everyone, I was like, he shouldn't have trusted a phone call. He got some good waxing on Finn and Priest, but then Rhea Ripley was all like, oh man, yeah, you wanna hit me, you wanna hit me. And while Rey was able to slam Balor one more time, Essentially, Rhea cast a distraction here, and that allowed the whole Judgment Day 
to absolutely murder Rey Mysterio, including giving him the coup de grace when a chair was on his face. Now, I have no idea what Rey's plan was here because it was absolutely terrible, but I like this opening segment mostly because now whatever needed to click with the Judgment Day has clicked. Because this feud with the Mysterios is going on and on and on, you just have to assume there's a big twist coming at the end of it. I presume Dominic will join, but I'm intrigued about it all. And it was then time for the next round of the Women's Tag Team Tournament, and we had Alexa Bliss and Oscar taking on Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Right. Bianca Belair was out there as well to watch this because why the hell not? Although she did it from the entranceway and I was like, Banks, you can like basically go straight to the ring. It will be okay. And yes, Nikki Ash has kind of changed her ring gear in the sense she now comes out with a leather jacket and she doesn't have a cape. Maybe Dewdrop told her she looks stupid. Otherwise, this was pretty much exactly what you'd expect. Dewdrop kept crushing everyone as Oscar kept hitting people with German suplexes. But when Alexa Bliss had a cover after a crossbody, Dewdrop broke it up by squishing her. See? Become full circle. She also hit this really good Mishinoko driver for a near fall, and there are some rumours out there that we're going to change Dewdrop's name soon. That probably would be for the best. Although the highlight of this entire thing was the team of Oscar and Alexa. Thought they clicked quite well. At one point, Bliss tagged herself in. She hit a DDT, and then she re-tagged back in the Empress Tomorrow who hit a Codebracker. And I was like, oh man, they're running and rolling. Also, yes, I just called it the code bracker. What are you going to do? Alexa then made sure to get rid of Nikki as Oscar applied the arm bar to Dewdrop, who did tap out. Won't lie, I didn't see that one coming. Because usually when it comes to WWE, if you're the bigger person, you ain't going to lose. Fans seem to really enjoy this as well, so you can't argue with that. And I'm still predicting that when we are done and we have crown new tag team champions, Sasha Banks and Naomi make their big return. And after this, we had Bianca Belair, we had Alexa Bliss, Oscar, all in the entranceway going, yes, yes, we did it. We're the best. And when they turned around, Bailey's crew was there. But before they could fight, officials broke it up. So we are just planting seeds. Our theory was then back on Raw... Where the flub has he been? He reminded us that he is still Mr. Money in the Bank and that even though he kind of dropped the ball at SummerSlam, he has learned from this, so now he's even more dangerous. I was like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but whatever. This is when Dolph Ziggler walked in and he was all like, man, I earned that briefcase and I earned my world championship opportunity, but it was handed to you and this is why you absolutely suck. So Theory came back with, oh yeah, well your career has been terrible. Dolph head by them. This triggered a big old brawl that even went through the commercial break and when we were being shown highlights, yes, in the background, near a door, you saw some hand and it was Dexter Loomis's and it was announced, or I think it was announced, either way it happened, this was going to be the main event. That was quite strange, but we'll talk about it later. It was from one interview to the next because Champa and The Miz was here and Champa was all like, oh, so close to winning the US Championship last week. But it doesn't matter because we don't hand out participation awards around here. Well, the good news for Tommaso is that we do hand out such things on ups and downs. So let's go crazy. It's me making some kind of drum noise. You win this wonderful silver elephant. <laughs> Bet you ain't upset you lost now. Miss Soon said this happened because of AJ Styles, which makes as much sense as saying it was down to a potato doing a run-in. And he said to cheer up Champa, he had them some gifts. And they had those cards they've been wearing around their necks. And it was a picture of them. And I tell you, I like these two together. There's some people out there in crazy internet going, I don't, like, I don't think it works. I think they have a good dynamic. 
and I think you could get a little bit of steam out of it. And then cut to Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, who are basically saying, hi, it's a new era of Raw. Why don't we be a tag team? That got me quite excited because they have been doing this kind of thing on main event. Now, it didn't work out at all because they took on Champa and The Miz and they lost. But once again, this felt like a reintroduction to the audience. At least they're being featured times in the past where I don't know where they went. Moreover than that too, it was just 10 minutes of competitive wrestling when Mustafa Ali was able to showcase his stuff. Cedric Alexander was able to showcase his stuff. Once again, the Miz and Champa were like, man, we're a really bad guy. Asshole team, you should bless. Stamper especially was being a mega dick here because at one point the good guys had one, but he put the Miz's foot on the ropes. <laughs> that really pissed off Mustafa because he did this crazy dive sending Champa over and the announce table. I don't like it hurt. What this match soon became, though, was an art form of revenge. Because Champa did not forget this, like a telltale game. So when Mustafa Ali was going for his 450 onto the Miz, Champa zoomed in, he wrecked him in this face with a knee, and I was like, oh man, that looked absolutely brutal. He hit the fairy tale ending, and he got the 1 2 3. So even though he lost his United States Championship match seven days ago, he got a pinfall, a visual pinfall, on this episode of Raw. What a turnaround it has been for this man. You're going to get a mega push. This was fun. And then I was happy. I was so, so damn happy. So I'm level with you, as you already know anyway. I love goofy wrestling. But when Triple H took over, I was like, man, WWE has done so many dumb things in the past. He's probably going to want to eradicate that. And while I do understand it, got a big lump in my stomach that was like, no, I want it. Thankfully, though, we then got this. Because as the announcers were telling us that Ezekiel was still in hospital, we saw this photoshopped image where it was Big Zeke in a hospital bed and he was surrounded by his family and every single person just had Elias's or Ezekiel's face put over the top. There was even a kid that looked like him. And on the other side of the screen, we had Ezekiel's dad. But of course, once again, was just Ezekiel wearing fake stuff and he was all like, oh, man, if I ever meet that Kevin Owens, he's going to pay. So Ernie Jr. was super duper mad. And do not forget within the story, this makes this individual an absolute loon because you're not meant to think they're different humans. He's just playing dress up. But honestly, this was done in around about 30 seconds and it just gave me that little spark of hope that the stupidness is not going to go forever. I don't want that. I need it in my life. Get it out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. We do now have to make sure that we reference all the smaller things on Raw as well, because Drew McIntyre was then walking to the ring, and once again in the background, weird stuff was going on. In this instance, a trash can was on fire. So of course, once again, it tied into Dexter Loomis. This also meant that Drew was about to be on the show proper and flub me sideways. This was great. McIntyre started by saying some people may be surprised to see him, because of course he is a Smackdown guy, but at least he turns up unlike somebody else, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, he was talking about Roman Reigns, and that he is going to go to Clash at the Castle, he is going to become the WWE Champion, and then he's going to defend it against everybody. He even dropped Champa's name. McIntyre even referenced the fact that there's been rumours out there this week that he is performing with a bad back, and yes, that news is true, because he's been carrying his company there for the last few years. Bang, bang, shots fired. This is when Kevin Owens interrupted, though, Honestly, look at me. I can barely stand up. We need to do more of this. Because instantly Owens called out Drew for one, talking a bunch of nonsense, but two, for not name dropping him. That's right, he never said Kevin Owens. And while for the last few years he's just been coming to work having some fun, in this very arena is where he had that war with Sami Zayn a while back. And it reminded him wait a minute, I'm Kevin Flipping Owens, I'm a prize fighter. So now I want the WWE title, I want the US title, I want the tag team titles, I want the Intercontinental title. And I started chatting, oh my gosh, Kev, just go after the 24-7 title. I want you to be drowning in gold. I was even dropped in the line, enough is enough and it's time for the change, which yes, was a reference to Owen Hart. And eventually Drew stole the microphone back and he just went absolutely crazy too, going, oh man, you come out here spouting this absolute stupid stuff. I got fired from this company and I had to make my way back to become WWE champion. So given that we are wrestlers in a pro wrestling ring why don't we just wrestle so they did i mean sure yeah if vince mcmahon had been watching this segment at home he was probably like i can't believe these things are saying but we don't need to worry about that and this got me excited in around about 67,922 ways especially because it was quite clear somebody had gone kevin you go out there and talk drew you go out there and talk this is what we want you to get across but do you need to be scripted? No, you don't. This is now the benchmark. It is getting it up. As does the match. Throw another up on there. Because this was 15 minutes of goodness. I mean, Owens hit a frog splash off the apron in the really early going. And then Drew McIntyre was getting all these suplexes and neck breakers in. But then Kevin Owens was coming back too. So this was proper wrestling tennis. Your neck was like this. He then ruined his back when McIntyre got his knees up after Kevin Owens had gone for a senton. But then there was more frog splashes. There was a Michinoko driver. There was more sentons. There was more DDTs. The whole time I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea who is going to win here. Because you don't want Drew McIntyre to lose. He's the number one contender. 
contender, but quite clearly we've just hit reset on Owens, so it would be ridiculous to give him a defeat right now. They were then tussling on the top with McIntyre being able to hit a white noise from up there, and honestly, they did all these shotguns attacks that put both of them on the floor. And at this stage, everyone got up and just started applauding, because this was a terrific match that usually you'd see on pay-per-view. Yeah, premium live event. I even shouted out, yeah, boys, you're killing it, which was really strange, because again, I was sat at home. And it did seem like Drew McIntyre had the advantage here. He was going to hit the Claymore when the Usos appeared and they caused the DQ. Drew was able to fight them off, but when he turned around, he got hit by a stunner. And as Kevin Owens walked off, he turned to Jimmy and Jay and said, oh man, remind your tribal chief he owes me one. And then even though the Usos tried to beat a McIntyre, he took them out and was all like, I'll see Roman Reigns on Friday. But honestly, as a way to connect your two shows together, this did an absolutely brilliant job. So you should really go out of your way to see it, but there is one small issue here. And that's the fact that over the last few years, probably over the last decade, WWE has just done this type of finish too much. And even though we have a new regime change, and you probably shouldn't judge them by what the old lot were doing, it still serves as the law of diminishing returns. Like for a good 15 minutes, I was like, oh, I don't know who's going to be victorious. And the answer was nobody. Sometimes I just need to see a winner and I just need to see a loser. And if you're worried about a loser, make sure you've got a story in your back pocket to light them up again. But I cannot lie, I was disappointed. Doesn't mean I never want to see a DQ again. You absolutely can. And you probably could do it in this type of scenario. But we are still dealing with too many of them. Down. And Seth Rollins was up next. Always good. He came out being his usual insane self, wearing some clothes I have no idea where he bought them from. And was all like, <laughs> Riddle says he's going to say some words. And as it's probably going to be a retirement, I wanted to be here for it. Oh, and by the way, Rids, you can probably then go back to seventh grade and finally finish it. Because he was saying that he was stupid. This is when Riddle appeared on the big screen and we were told, oh man, he's at home right now. It's like he does not look like he's in any type of home. And he told us that he's been medically cleared and the next time him and Seth meet in the ring, they're going to get into it. And I presume they mean Jenga. Of course, Riddle was at the venue though. I mean, you'd have to have been an absolute moron to have thought otherwise. So when Rollins did go mad on the mic, out came Riddle, he charged, they got into a bit of fisticuffs. And this time when Seth did go for the curb stomp, Riddle got out of the way. He carried on the beating so much so Rollins was like, flub this. And he ran away. So this was good. Made sense. We also got to confirm that they will be taking on each other at Clash of the Castle. There's no way that is going to be bad. Not in any universe. Uh, we then end this video hyping up the fact that we do have another US title match this evening between Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. Once again, it just creates so much importance that you want to give it a hug when we had another return on Raw. Because here was Veer. Now it is fair to say everything we have done with him to date has been absolutely bonkers. Do you remember when he had that massive feud with the Mysterios, which kind of just ended, and then a few weeks later he was flirting with backstage interviewers? If you don't, you made the right choice, because again, it was weird. But I think we've hit the reset button with him again, because he came out here to take on Bo Keller, I think they were called, and though you're not meant to know who that is, and within two minutes, they were in the cervical clutch. Tapped out. And that was all right, I suppose. I do actually think Veer is better than a lot of people give him credit for, but I just think we should be doing something different with him. It's him being, oh man, I'm the monster heel. I'm going to destroy everyone. Well, for starters, he's already done it. And two, well, it's just been done too much. I didn't get much out of this. I'm intrigued to see where we go next. 
getting it down. More wing wing nudge nudge after this is Bobby Lashley was getting ready for his match later and in the background Adam Pearce was talking to some police officers and I wonder why when we cut to an interview with Bailey and her friends. They did the usual stuff when Dakota Kai who was on the mic saw Dana Brooke so walked up to Dana Brooke and was like man I think you absolutely suck and Brooke was like no I don't suck and I'm not intimidated by you which means later on they are going to have a match and yes Dana had the 24-7 title so it hasn't been ditched yet which is good because we've already established this give it to Kevin Owens and then if you can believe this we did get to our next match which was indeed Bob versus AJ for the US Championship and it went 22 minutes I think I mean it was definitely over 20 and it rocked and you already knew what this was going to be too because doing anything else wouldn't have made any sense so for the vast proportion of the early going AJ Styles was being grabbed by Bobby Lashley as he just chucked him around the place like he was a balloon. Styles tried to fight back but he was struggling because his back had taken a beating when all of a sudden from the back out came the Miz and out came Champa, which kind of did make sense because don't forget earlier the Miz had gone off on one. They cast instant distraction because they were fresh here meaning their MP levels were high when all of a sudden Dexter Loomis just tried to get to the ring and almost instantly he got absolutely decked by security guards. The announcers all ran away like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And honestly, fair play to WWE. Even if you don't watch NXT and you don't know who Dexter Loomis is, this came across as a genuine madman trying to get into the squared circle. It was quite effective. We even cut to commercial, which added more weight to this. And we soon learned that during that ad break, not only had the mids been speared, but the Miz and Champa had been sent to the back. And this is when AJ and Lashley got into it again. And at one point, Lashley went for another spear, but Styles turned it into the calf crusher. That was great. Somehow Bob powered out of that and turned it into the hurt lock. And I was like, how was that possible? But then Styles reversed that into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. He then went for the phenomenal forearm. He missed. Bobby hit the spear. One, two, three. He is still your United States champion. I'm just so pleased that we're getting these kind of things on Raw because it just elevates everyone, which is the entire point. Up. And then Dakota Kai murked Dana Brooke. I mean, that's always gonna happen. Not much to say, really, and it was quite clear this was just a way to make everybody go, oh, wow, Dakota Kai, she's like an absolute badass. Just need Dana in the head to get the one, two, three. Though technically, this does make her the 24-7 champion, but she's not. I wonder why. But yeah, whatever. Can't get mad. Up. Things then did get really weird because it did mean our main event was Dolph Ziggler versus Theory. But ironically, I do have a theory of my own. Because this was a program put together before Triple H and his boys were in charge. But I presume they looked at it and they were like, well, we don't want it to just vanish. We don't want it to just disappear. So why don't we blow it off on Raw? And then we can send these two guys off in their own directions. It's quite a good idea. They also had a good chunk of time. And do not forget that Dolph Ziggler is a tremendous professional wrestler. And even though he's in his 40s now, it doesn't look like he's slowed down at all. And we also had some narrative elements here. Because the whole time the commentary team were like, oh man, Theory, he's so much more aggressive. He has learned from SummerSlam. Now, I didn't really see that. But I enjoyed the fact that we were putting that point across. Otherwise, there's not that much to point out. Because it was just a solid wrestling match. Although I do have to say, as ever... Theory went for that rolling drop kick thing that he does, and every single time, at least on the first occasion, it get reversed. Although here it was into the Famouser, that was really good. And Dolph was able to get another false finish with the zigzag. But after Theory had tried to cheat when he put his feet on the ropes, the ref saw that. So Ziggler then went for another Famouser. He tried to do something. 
He got reversed. He got put on his shoulders. Hit with the ATL. One, two, three. Theory wins. It did draw a line under it, though. You can move on from it now, like I do say. So let's try and do some interesting stuff with the money in the bank. And let's absolutely put Ziggles in a proper program. Because whoever you do stick him with, you just know it's going to be great. So probably in hindsight, I would have put the US title match here just because it did have better stakes. But either way, it was a fine end to Raw. I certainly wasn't offended. Which brought us to the end of another episode of Monday Night Raw. And I also thought this one was flipping great. Mostly because it was merged together with all the stuff between Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. See, you can have a pay-per-view match on a random episode of your TV show. But let's hopefully get into a pattern we do have a winner and we do have a loser because sometimes the guy lesser on the card will beat the person higher on the card and that will send us crazy. So what I'm talking about. Up. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.